Harper Academic Calling, Stephanie Owens. Stephanie Owens is a former English teacher turned educational consultant and brand strategist from California. She was chosen as our Agatha Christie master teacher in honor of Agatha Christie's 125th anniversary year. Stephanie has been a great help to us writing Agatha Christie teaching materials. You can find Stephanie's collection of materials at harperacademic.com forward slash pages forward slash Agatha Christie in the classroom. That's all one word, and I'll include a link in our show notes. And you can learn more about Stephanie's educational consultancy work at her website, goldsheepdesign.com. You can learn more about our collection of Agatha Christie titles at our website, harperacademic.com. And this September, during our year-long celebration of Jane Marple, we'll have a new title, Marple, 12 New Mysteries, which is an anthology collection of 12 new Marple stories written by contemporary writers and huge Marple fans, among them Val McDermott, Lucy Foley, Jean Kwok, Ruth Rare, and more. You can learn more about Marple, 12 New Mysteries, at our website. Thanks for listening. So today joining us on the podcast is Stephanie Owens. Stephanie, it's so nice to see you. Nice to see you too. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So we're going to talk Agatha Christie, your favorite, one of your favorite things to talk about in the uh, world. Just, just about, like we could talk about crime in general, but <laughs> Agatha hey, Christie most definitely. Um, I'm I'm down with the murder books. So I'm I'm happy to talk about anything related, related to that. Let's start with sort of a, a, a teaching question, I guess. Why do you think Agatha Christie and her novels are still popular for students today? What what do you think makes them readable and teachable in today's classroom environment? I think just on a surface level, they're super fun because yeah, they're murder, but like there's something very interactive when I teach Agatha that it's like the students are engaging with the novel in a way that they're just not doing with great expectations or catcher in the rye you know because they're they're in it with Poirot they're trying to solve the murder they're they're going back through and looking at the poem from and then there were none and they're trying to figure out who's going to die next and who the murderer is and it's just making murder boards they they get to play detective and I think there's you know when I was teaching high school and doing this there's just an a lack of play sometimes when you're in high school because it's like whoa serious life we're becoming adults and we have to make big adult decisions soon about our future but then you know curling up with a nice cozy little mystery novel and trying to figure out who did it there's just something fun it's like the high school version of clue yeah and but i think on a deeper level she hits on some pretty important themes that the students are really able to discuss whether uh, whether a murder victim was rightfully murdered, whether or not they deserved to die because of previous crimes, whether or not our justice system is flawed and, and really kind of going over those things. I had a colleague once tell me, you know, Agatha Christie isn't literature, right? And I was like, okay. And I was actually talking to Matthew Pritchard about that, Agatha Christie's grandson. And he was like, oh no, she never thought it was literature. And it's not in the sense of like, it's literary, but the themes that she gets into are, you might not expect it, just the casual reading of Agatha Christie, but she really does touch on a lot of things, 
female independence, definitely pulled from, from her first marriage and in her life traveling with her second husband. Um, there's just a lot there to, to dig into and they're fun. But yeah, they are, they are super, super fun. Um, are there some common things that students tend to struggle with when they start reading Christie? Are there sort of some pitfalls, early pitfalls that maybe students fall into? And if there are, how do you help them get out of those situations? Well, I read everything out loud to my students. <laughs> I have them follow along. I mean, there's no shame in that game of 17 year olds having story time because try to get these kids to read those because her her books are pretty thick too and I do that with with, I even did that with the great Gatsby I read the books out loud to my students in class and and I'm able to some of the pitfalls maybe things that they struggle with is it it is old and so and it's from a different country so there's just maybe some historical things they don't understand or some language barriers and so I'm just able to fill that in real quick and give them like the modern day equivalent. And sometimes they can be a little slow in the beginning because she's a master of plot and her, her novels don't have a lot of action and, you know, kids love explosions and loud movies. So just getting them into it and having some buildup of character. So like very quickly digging into character analysis because she has very complex characters. And so as soon as we can get to a main character and start analyzing their character, and as soon as there's a murder, we're, we're, we're set. (laughs) But sometimes it does take a while for that murder to occur. And so that's where I think it's like choosing very wisely which ones my students didn't they couldn't get down with Miss Marple nearly as much as they could get down with Poirot or some of the standalones like and then there were none but reading it out loud will heal all wounds and getting to the murder as quickly as possible so one of your favorite Poirots is Five Little Pigs uh, and that's that has a murder in the past plot why is that one your favorite Poirot? I like it's very different than his others, the other Poirots, except maybe Elephants Can Remember, which is another murder in, in, in the past. But what I like about this one is he's trying to see if someone really did murder someone else. So Caroline Crail is, is put to death for her husband's um, murder. And the daughter their daughter hires him to see you know hey i need to know because i want to get married and he wants to know if there's madness in my family and so he's sort of it's a daunting task for him to go back so long ago and try to piece together the narratives of the five people who were involved in in the murder not directly in the murder um but in that summer at the house and and seeing there's something about Agatha's where it's like, I either really like a lot of characters or mm-hmm. very few. It's difficult to keep track of something like Murder on the Orient Express, where I'm just going to read it and be like, I'm not even going to figure this one out because yeah. <laughs> there's just too many, there's too many people. Death on the Nile is the same way. But with, with Five Little Pigs, there's five people that it could have been, or it could have been, it could have been who was put to death. 
So you really get to, and from a teaching standpoint, that's so enticing to really just dig into five people and, and the ending, I won't give spoilers, but the ending was just so satisfying when you find out what really happened, but also incredibly sad because someone was put to death for a murder they didn't commit. And it goes back to that whole idea that there's more to Christy than just solving a mystery. It's her pointing out that our justice system is flawed and there are people on death row sitting there who did not commit the crimes that they committed. And it's based on bad evidence. Yeah. And one of the things that I think as a, as a fun reader of Christy, I, when I taught, um, I taught before I got this job. And one of the things um, I never taught, did I? No, I never taught a Christy book. But one of the things that I like when I, I read um, a murder book, uh, Christy or otherwise, um, is, I don't know, sometimes the, the surprise of who it is or who it could be. Um, and I'm either like a, a dumb reader of murder books or the best reader of murder books because I will play that believing game the whole way through. Rarely will I sort of try, like actively try to figure it out, like somewhere along the line, like I'll have a guess, um, but I'm not, I guess I don't sort of work my way through it. I'm very good at being led down a garden path, I guess, um, which is either a great thing or a bad thing. Um, but is there one Christie book that stands out to you as being uh, either for yourself or for your students or both, if, if the answers are different, um, as having an ending that is truly a surprise for, for readers? I think the first time I read Murder on the Orient Express, I was like, no, how? And then you reread it and you're like, this is totally obvious. And I think that's one of those like classic Christie's where it's to the point where maybe most people know the ending of that one, but my students did not. And especially when I taught it and did the unit and HarperCollins came and filmed in my classroom, the movie wasn't out yet. The movie was, had been announced, but they hadn't even announced like the cast. They, it was just, there's a movie coming out. Right. And so there was, except the old Albert Finney, which my students were not going to be reading, uh, watching. They, I knew they did not know. And then some kids looked it up and they were like, I think it's this. And I was like, you looked it up. There's no way you're that good of a detective. And they're like, yeah, are they right? Mrs. Owens, are they right? And I'm like, I shall not say a thing. I think that one is like the quintessential no freaking way. But I think there's also like Crooked House yeah. where you do not see that one coming at all. And anytime the narrator is the murderer, she's got a couple of those where I'm like, dang, she got me good. Because <laughs> there was no way I was going to think that that was the murderer. And, and also, you know, Curtin, the last, the last book and who the murderer is in that, it's a beloved character that we all have grown attached to but it also gets back to that whole idea of is the murder justified is is it okay to take the law into your own hands which i think curtain does very well as does murder on the orient express so you've done a lot of our curriculum supplemental materials for us to help teachers teach christie's books can you tell us a bit about your process for developing these materials uh, what kinds of things do you look to point out in these materials for teachers? And 
How do you think they um, help teachers teach Christy? My main goal is to always, you know, hit the standards and to show that you can hit the standards with Christy. It doesn't have to like, let's get the, let's give the kids something that they're interested in reading and just starting there. So when I am doing a curriculum guide, it's a little different when I did Orient Express, it was like a huge unit and there was a blog that went with it. I do believe it's still up. That was much different because it was like a whole unit of study. But like when I wrote for Death on the Nile and for The Moving Finger, I just start with the standards, the common core standards, and they're in three sort of chunks. So we've got the first chunk of standards is all about, you know, main idea, inferences, drawing some conclusions, sort of just like basic comprehension stuff. And then we dig into author's craft. And this is where I start thinking about when I'm reading the different chapters, okay, is she using any literary devices? Are we touching on, you know, maybe some characterization here as well? And then the third chunk of standards is going to be all about themes and perspectives. And that's when I can really dig into some of those, you know, meaty questions that she is putting in her novels about society. And so I just start by reading it's actually really fun. <laughs> so I, you know, I take it chapter by chapter and I just sort of have those things in mind. I've been, you know, writing uh, text, uh, text-based questions like this for years. So I'm able to just sit and, and read a book and write some questions, but always thinking how within this chapter can I have the students, you know, show their basic comprehension, analyze her craft, and then get into both thematic points of view, but also start being a detective and putting putting the putting the pieces together. And I always like to ask at certain points in the book, based on the tech, the evidence provided so far, who do you think it is? And giving the students an opportunity to discuss that together. It's always really fun. And the more characters, the more confusing the discussions can be. If it's something like Five Little Pigs, where it's five obvious choices plus one. Uh, they can maybe go deeper. So it takes them a while to go deeper, but also providing the students with a chart to keep track of evidence is something that I always provide for you guys. And, and, and so an evidence tracker and also a, you know, a suspect tracker, just like motive, alibi, means, are they cleared as a suspect, you know, really giving the students tools to be a detective and, and then always providing writing prompts as well. Uh, it's very important that students write about what they read. And so we, that could be a narrative. It could be argumentation. It could be uh, expository, expository. If there's a movie attached to it, I'm like, write me a film review, write a re like a compare and contrast review, put the hat of, you know, a film critic on and compare it to the novel that you just read. It's that one's, that one's always quite fun. And one I, I enjoyed doing with my students. I unfortunately never got to show them the new Agatha Christie movies that are just beautiful and so well done by Kenneth Breno, but uh, I did get to do the Albert Finney and it was quite fun. <laughs> did you ever, did you ever show them um, the David Suchet, the TV episodes or no? No, I never no. showed those, but uh, we did do Albert Finney, but I would always tell them 
that they could there's more could, there's yeah. other versions of yeah. it the the david suchet murder on the orient express is one of the murder on the orient it's one of the david suchets it's not really my favorite because he's so angry at the end he's very angry at the and end. and i'm yeah. like but that's not and i know it's like everyone has a different interpretation of poirot and poirot can't always be the same poirot because that'll just be boring yeah. but i just feel like he was angry with his decision to do what he did at the end of that novel, which I always felt like, I don't think he was. And Curtin sort of proves that point <laughs> that <laughs> he did believe that some people deserve to die and, and to let people go if they took the law into their own hands, which is a very interesting conversation to have with students. Yeah, yeah. If you were to create a unit on Christie, um, say that was part of a larger course on detective fiction, and you could only choose three Christie books. Which books would they be, and why would you choose those ones? First of all, I'm like, oh my god, a course on detective fiction. Sign me up. Where do I teach this class? <laughs> I'll go back into the classroom right now. <laughs> I really like her standalone novels, and I don't think that they get, other than like BBC movies, the credit that they deserve in the classroom and in Hollywood and on television. So my favorite Christie, so I'm obviously going to start with my favorite Christie and then piece together the rest of the unit. It's They Came to Baghdad. That one, it's like a spy thriller. It's very different. There are murders, spoilers, it's a, it's a Christie. But so what I, what I like about that one is you've got like this, the growth of this woman, Victoria Jones. And how she she starts the novel, this like naive, ditzy English woman that is just, she's not even very likable. She's just sort of ditzy. And she transforms throughout the novel into the heroine of the whole piece. And she travels to Baghdad. Well, she travels to Baghdad for a boy, which I think is totally something the students could talk about. But it is then embroiled in this like espionage espionage plot so I, I would start there and then and thinking okay well strong female character a one-off uh, my mind immediately goes in maybe exotic locations uh, my mind goes to the man in the brown suit and I love Anne Anne is you know her father dies and she's like I'm gonna go on an adventure so I think you could do a lot of comparing and contrasting of Anne and Victoria with that, but also Anne makes a, a transformation throughout that while solving sort of like this criminal underworld story. And then, um, so if I'm thinking, okay, one more, uh, I know the main character is not a female, but I think I would go with why, uh, why didn't they ask Evans, which, you know, there's a movie <laughs> just came out. Just came out. Yeah. Um, that's another one of those. I think all three have, you know, there's Frankie and why didn't they ask Evans? She's very spunky. She's lady Frankie. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Frankie's not her, her full first name, but um, there's something, there's like a, a through line with those three characters that I think would be really interesting to discuss. And the whole idea of Agatha Christie had no problem very in like the twenties, putting a strong female character, solving, like traveling the world, solving crime. And it could have had to do with her divorce and subsequent traveling the world and writing about crime. And 
I think that those three would be a lot of fun to do and there needs to be a movie for they came to Baghdad I'm just going to put that out there (laughs) my mom um my mom and I would always read these together before she passed away and she and I would always like who do we cast as Victoria Jones who do we do this and and uh, of course that's changed now because all of those actors are way too old to be in the movie because this was a while ago but I you know I would you know if anyone's listening I would love if they came to Baghdad movie. Yeah, I think those three, those three would would be a lot of fun. Are there titles, and you mentioned some of them um, just now, um, some titles that are not sort of in what we would think of as kind of the usual Christy canon of being taught, but with Man in the Brown Suit and Why Didn't They Ask Evans, there's kind of outliers a little bit in Baghdad. But are there any more that you could think of that if teachers are wanting to sort of freshen up a bit what they teach and what Christie options they give their students. Which ones would you pitch? Okay, this is going to sound crazy, but one of them is a Miss Marple. (laughs) It's the moving finger. I I just wrote, and I'm not saying this to plug my my curriculum guide, but by all means, go get my curriculum guide. I just reread it and because, you know, it's the year of Miss Marple. And then I was thinking, oh, it was Marvel and teenagers. This is going to be a rough sell because she's very much uh, like Jessica Fletcher, only from a different era. And she just stays at home and she's like an armchair detective. But the thing about the moving finger is she's not in it a whole lot. <laughs> she comes in at the end and helps the main characters put the pieces together basically as she does. She doesn't do a lot of detective detective work because she's an old spinster, but the moving finger touches on things that I think are very relevant for teenagers, gossip and rumors and betrayal. And I can see them really getting into trying to figure out who it is that's spreading all the tea in this little village, because it's like, it doesn't matter that this was set decades ago in a little British village those kids are going through the same thing now and so I think that one would be fun for students Uh, I have had students read Cat Among the Pigeons and they really like that one because the teachers are getting murdered (laughs) and it's you know and it's even though it's a Poirot it's one of those where Poirot doesn't come in until the end and it's these two teenage girls trying to figure out who's bumping off their teachers um but I think there are also some maybe darker books that the older students could really get into uh, Crooked House yeah. and Endless Night, where you're like, whoa, I was not expecting that person to be the murderer. And I think you can get into the psychology of, yeah. of murder with those two and why people murder. And is it something in our brains? for some of us? Is it mental illness for some of us or something going on other than, you know, you're living your normal life and someone, you know, steals your girl (laughs) and then you want to get revenge, but like darker reasons for wanting to commit murder. And I think that's one of the things that you know, these, it's so dark. It's like, we're, we're reading about murder all the time, but I think there's something in it of just trying to figure out humanity and why people would make these types of decisions. And sometimes it's for theft, you know, but with something like Crooked House, it's much darker than that. I was also thinking about Pale Horse as well, because 
partly because of the, the novel, but also thinking about what you do sort of also having as an option um, to, to watch the adaptation. And the recent uh, adaptation of Pale Horse by Sarah Phelps was a wild, wild ride. And also very creepily done. The, I, I was surprised in that adaptation. I love, I love Sarah Phelps' disclaimer, I guess, to that. But I was very surprised with some of the, the darkness that was in that particular adaptation, which I thought was very well done. So yeah, thinking thinking about that uh, as as kind of one of the sort of outlier not outlier but non canonical Christie texts yeah. that was one that kind of popped into my mind and one that I guess I kind of like a little bit too. But uh, it's always to me it's always interesting as as a person who used to teach it's always interesting to see what folks would try to get back in when they want something to be a little bit refreshed, especially when I was teaching people were teaching the same old stuff by a bunch of dead dudes. And I was, well, Agatha Christie is dead, but no, like no one was teaching that. And I was just like, well, I'm going to do it. This is, this is my job. I'm going to, I'm because I feel like the best teaching is always going to come when you really love what you're teaching. And there's not much I love more than Christie when it comes to books as murder mysteries, hands down as Christie. So I could just get into it more. So when my colleagues are like, we're going to read Catcher in the Rye, I'm like, have fun. We're going to read Murder on the Orient Express. And we can get just as much out of it as long as, you know, we're hitting standards. I think that's all that, you know, admin really cares about, right? Hit standards. You can do that. You can do that with anything. But, you know, if you are totally new to Christie, go with Canon. Murder on the Orient Express is a huge hit with students. It uh, takes a while to get through. It is it is meaty. There's a lot of characters. Uh, I would also, you know, Death on the Nile. Anything where there's a good movie, they're gonna the kids will the kids will like it. And uh, and then there were none, guys. If you know, I feel like that's the one I started with with my students because once they hit that poem and it doesn't take, there's something very clue. And the kids have played Clue. And if they haven't played Clue, bring in some Clue boards. Yeah. Give Let your kids play Clue for 30 minutes and be like, okay, now we're going to read a murder mystery that's sort of like Clue. Do it with teenagers. They'll eat it up. They don't always need, to, they're still kids. <laughs> they still like to play games. And as soon as you get to that poem, which it doesn't take that long to get to that poem, and then there were none, they're hooked. They like every single copy of that book in my classroom, that page had a little dog ear because the kids kept going back to that poem and back to that poem. Yeah. yeah. But if you know, if you're kind of, you've done an Orient Express, you've done, you've done, and then there were none, there's, there's tons out there, but it all depends. You could also do some short stories. Yeah. You're strapped for time because you've got a lot. I mean, aren't we all strapped for time? But the, the short stories are great. Just grab uh, one of the Poirot anthologies and pick one and then you can watch the David Suchet because he's made all of them. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I just have one more question for you. And it's a question that we ask all of the guests on our podcast. Since we are primarily for a listening audience of teachers, and their students, but mostly teachers. Who was your favorite teacher? My favorite teacher was Jovi Ancaskis. She was my fourth grade teacher. She is currently the assistant superintendent at the district that I went to school at and taught in for 10 years. 
she what it was her first year teaching she it was a it was so much fun she got me like totally addicted into geography like I played Carmen San Diego in her class I love and, that game that is oh my, my god I such felt, a good like, game no, like we I found an old DOS version of it and we like plug it into the PC every once in a while I love Carmen San Diego and she let me write plays and she let me read like she was just very like let's explore which is you know we don't really do that much anymore I went went to school in the 80s so there was no standards but she was great and she uh she's she's been there with me through my teaching career as well because I was hired she was on my interview panel when I was hired and then I won like a district-wide award that I did not know I was going to be getting it was like this secret assembly that we were all drawn to and I saw she was there and I was like hey Jovi what are you what, what's going on she's like I don't know I was just told to be here <laughs> and so she was there with my husband who showed up and she's just been there for me for my whole life basically so it has to be Jovi she's That's great awesome. well Stephanie thank you so much for being with us today well thank you so much for having me anytime you want to talk about Christy let's do it <laughs>